Hello and welcome back to the Coached by Dan podcast. Um, I hope everyone's keeping very, very well. Um, for those outside of Ireland, um, just to keep you up to date, we have been placed under our kind of max level of lockdown as of Wednesday midnight, so we're on level five, which is like our strictest level of lockdown, our highest level. So anyone in Ireland listening right now, I hope you're keeping very, very well. Um, this week, I had the honor of speaking to Ross Byrne and bring him on the podcast. Um, Ross has blown up over the last week or so. Um, if you are in any way in the Irish or UK fitness scene, you've probably heard his name come up. He wrote a letter to Stephen Donnelly um, trying to get gyms, or with an appeal to have gyms recognized as an essential service. And, you know, from the letter and from speaking to Ross, you can just tell how passionate the man is um, about everything you know, to do with health, fitness, and, you know, what it brings to both our physical and mental health. And you're going to listen, you're going to hear that now in the podcast. So um, I don't want to prolong you listening to this podcast any longer. So I hope you enjoy episode 34. And I do hope you're all keeping very, very well. So without further ado, let's crack into it. You're listening to the Coached by Dan podcast. Dan is an online coach and personal trainer with the goal of helping you become the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of yourself you can be. Here, we talk about all things health, fitness, and mindset related to help you achieve anything you set your mind to. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's podcast. Ross, how are we getting on right now? We're good, man. I think like I think like everyone else, we're a little bit uh, up in arms and stressed. And I think there's a there's a I think the difference with this lockdown and the last one is that there's familiarity to it, yeah. which I think is making it harder for people. Um, I also think there's a certain element of that that in time it'll make it easier for people. Um, but knowing that we were like, like the last lockdown, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a certain air of excitement about it. Wasn't it? Yeah, was yeah. People were like, "Ooh, I'm working from home. Ooh, I can't leave my house. This is so exciting," you know. And two weeks into doing nothing but eating shit and playing COD, all of a sudden you're like, "This is so bad." Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. this, this sucks. I want to go to the gym. I want to go and and uh, I, I'm I'm not. I don't know what we could say. I'm a little bit fearful for this one. I think that's probably one of the reasons I wrote the letter. Yeah, I think was it? I was saying I was chatting to my family yesterday, my mom, my brother, my dad yesterday, and I was kind of like, it doesn't feel. Like we're on a level five, super big lockdown because we were where yesterday. It's kind of like for walking, kind of like just feels exactly like with the first one. It was brand new. Yeah. There was that excitement with it. You're kind of like, okay, this is new. This is interesting. Work from home. Yeah. This that. Okay, but now it's kind of like, you know, people seem a lot more relaxed about it, and that yeah. like it kind of it just brings more fear about it. And obviously, yeah. well, definitely the letters. There's more. There's more division now. You know, yeah. at the start of it, right? And again, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong if they feel that way. Everyone was shitting themselves. Every single person, ninety percent of people, were aware that this thing was this like invisible demon virus that was going to come in and like just 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 take the heart from your mouth. Like you know that kind of way. It was like it had everything behind it, and we know that it is just as dangerous as we thought it is. However, it doesn't seem as seemingly dangerous for most of us as first perceived, and that's the best way of putting it. I'm not one of those absolute fools who's like anti-vaccine, anti-mask, anti-all this kind of stuff. Like it's just, for the sake of everyone else, just do what we're being asked to do, John, the kind of way. That's, that's the way I look at it and I'm super cool about it. But I think there's less people who are shitting themselves now 
So that less shitting themselves kind of situation has now divided the population where you have the people who are still terrified. You have the people who are compliant, but not as terrified. And then you have the people who are going off the total other way who are like, no, this shouldn't happen. We're going to protest against it. So you have these like multiple divisions of people, which is very, very different. I think that's kind of what kind of creates the, the architecture that you've got, the social architecture that you see outside now. You know, it's people who are walking around without a mask with their friends, but when they walk into a shop, they slap on the mask they've been wearing all day for the past two days. Do you know what kind of thing? It's just, yeah, it, it's, a diff- it's a different feel to it. But then at the same time, I think, as I was saying to you before we hit record, just familiarity with this lockdown. Yeah, massively. Um, it's, and that's, that's either going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I think for the first two weeks, you're going to have that familiarity that's going to drive people into this position where like, this is going to be so shit. And then you're going to have two weeks after that where it's at least in our cohort of people where we're kind of orientated around training. You're going to have people who about two weeks in get to that point where they're almost like, okay, cool. I'm getting used to this. I can do this. I can continue to move. I'm settled into my training program. Familiarity with your sessions is going to pick back up. And then at the other side of that coin, by the time you're two, four weeks in, there's only two weeks left if that's going to be the case, you know. But again, I think think that's also me trying to, you know, trying to put a bow on a broken down car. I think, you know, that kind of way. It's like, it's it's never going to be a good thing, you know. Yeah, and I suppose with that familiarity that kind of comes with it, obviously potentially kind of, you know, two weeks in, almost getting kind of, oh, I'm fed up of this now, you know. Yeah. And the reality situation is lockdown is going to come from numbers, and if numbers keep going up, it's kind of like we're going to keep going along. Yeah. So like you said, it's fucking, as hard as it is, just simmer for six weeks, see what happens, and fucking yeah. crack from it's there. T- it's, a t- it's a tough one as well, knowing that what we know about the numbers at this point, and you can't help despite your, like, I would, I would consider myself quite level-headed in my considerations around COVID, you know, the kind of way, like, I'm not, on one crazy side of the fence or the other. Um, however, when you do hear about the way that things are being orientated and the way that things are being noted down and the way that data is being kind of processed, it does get a little bit frustrating, you know, but like at the end of the day, we all do need to do our bit. But I think the argument for people throughout this period is, is the bit that we're doing is a little bit too much. And have we been considered as the totality of a country in doing that bit? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know yeah. I mean? Like, and that seems to be the argument of a lot of people and a lot of the TDs is like, is this degree of restriction relative to the entirety of population just a little bit too much compared to what we're seeing? And I guess then we obviously have that segregated into our position where we obviously have the topic of this conversation, which is obviously the gyms, the letter, and me. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm very important. <laughs> Brilliant. And with that being said, yeah, Ross, like obviously the, the general theme of this podcast, we really, I really want to chat to you fucking about this letter you wrote. Um, yeah. I just break it down as much as we can. But I suppose before we go into that, for those who don't know you've you've blown up now the last the last week and a half on social media with this letter can't, can't even walk us like that <laughs> can't even walk us like paparazzi <laughs> I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a mask at home <laughs> brilliant do you want to give everyone a quick intro as to who you are yeah, and what you do and all that kind of stuff absolutely so my name is Ross Byrne um, I have been working in and involved in the fitness industry for the past decade uh, I was very very lucky to start off in martial arts predominantly but for the past kind of nine to 10 years, I've thrown quite a lot of attention into hypertrophy and from there orientated myself around kind of the neuromuscular system, anatomy, biomechanics, immunology, neuroscience. Um, and I've been very, very lucky to build quite a sustainable career and reputation out of that. Um, and I guess from that, I just became absolutely obsessed with the process of growing muscle. And it was kind of, I was going to go one of two ways, either the meathead where it's just like, this is it, this is it. Or I was going to go the way that I did end up going, which was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on internally. Um, and from there, I just kind of developed. And I've been kind of transitioning around that period and just kind of rotating my thoughts around hypertrophy and the science, the scientific end as much as I can, while also 
kind of balancing the life of being a quote-unquote physique athlete, if you will. I'm a, I'm a self-proclaimed me head, you know, that kind of way, but I guess you could call me an informed me head. Uh, that's the way I would separate myself. I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good label to have because I suppose we look at, I suppose from an outsider's point of view, looking at the gym people, they see this massive lad talking about lift weights, big, big like protein. Yeah. Like, it's like when you, when you're, when you have, when you, when you walk to talk, we talk to talk as well. And you kind of back yeah. everything up. It's like, that's a good quality to have. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's a, it's a cool way of thinking about things. I think everyone's way too dogmatic, you know, to kind of go off topic of the letter. Like everyone's so dogmatic in this industry. Yeah. You know, you have all the old school coaches and even all the new school coaches who just have this kind of dogmatic approach to everything they do. It's like, no, 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 this guy was this big and he told me do this. So I do that, you know? And it's just like, and then outside of that, when anyone doesn't align with that process, it's like, no, this is wrong. But my big thing where people is like, right, take that evidence that you have that people are big doing this or people have muscle doing this or people lost weight doing this and try and ask why have all of these people achieved the same thing doing in a different way. And when you start to understand and you start to develop a deeper understanding as to why it happens rather than that it's happened itself on the surface level, you begin to understand that everything works. And that's where a lot of my thinking process has gone to the past maybe five to six months. I'm like, why does everything work? Like, why does this guy swinging rates around the gym? Now, again, we're going to negate the fact that he's on fucking test and D-ball and shit like that. But why does this guy get gigantic? And then why does this guy also get gigantic? And we're both going through two very, very different means of doing so. Do you know that kind of way? And that's where a lot of my thought process has gone in the past maybe four to five months, if not more. Um, And it's kind of understanding, okay, what's going on? And then that's obviously brought my thoughts into the central nervous system. And then that's obviously gone and kind of developed itself forward and then the actual neuroscience of everything that's going on. And it's just kind of like developed itself right up. So it's been been cool to think about that kind of things, you know, and I've been lucky to build a relative reputation as somebody who half knows what they're talking about, (laughs) you know, and it's been good, man. You know, like I I love this industry and I guess the kind of transition onto the letter, that's probably part of the reason why I wrote the letter in the first place. Exactly, and that's it. Like he obviously just from chatting to you there, that that that, that intro there, you can see fucking from a from fitness training, all that point of view, you're extremely passionate about it. Um, I suppose obviously that very much is seen in the letter itself. Yeah. And I suppose for everyone listening, more than likely knows what we're talking about when we say the letter. Yeah. Um, like for those who don't know what this 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 infamous letter is ross do you want to give kind of a brief kind of no not yeah, brief sure. fucking go on as long as you want about yeah for letter, sure, what going on about sure. it. i'm just gonna I actually have the letter open here so just so i can kind of get a little look see at it um so like the letter that i wrote was it was directed to now funny, the funniest thing in the world is that people need to realize i'm not pol- i'm not political okay mm. up until friday I couldn't have told you who any of these people were, right? I genuinely, I genuinely mean that. And it, well, now when I say that, it's a bit of an exaggeration because it's I obviously knew who they were a little bit. Like at the end of the day, I wrote this letter not because I had this kind of like political agenda. You know, that's what I want people to understand. It wasn't like I'm anti this, so I'm going to come at you with this. This came from a love of the fitness industry and an understanding of just how important it is to hundreds and thousands of people. And I wanted to go and I wanted to say to myself, right, you love what you do. You know how important it is. And you can say to anyone who walks into that gym that the gym shouldn't close down. Why shouldn't they close down? Like, why shouldn't they genuinely close down relative to everything that's going on? So I was like, right, I'm going to get to work. So I wrote a letter addressed to Stephen Donnelly. Now, originally it was actually addressed to Simon Coveney, who I thought was the tarnished but it turns out it's not Simon Coveney. <laughs> I, posted, I posted this letter. It hit fucking thousands of people. <laughs> and I got the letter wrong and I got all these messages going. The letter's amazing. But I'm like, yeah, I know. You never know. <laughs> Anyway, I eventually changed the public availability of the letter and I ended up putting the original 
and um, pardon me, not putting the original on, so I was able to kind of correct the mistake. So anyway, so I wrote this letter and I said, right, if I write this well enough, somebody will have to read it. And if I put the work in, it was just, and now, like in the back of my head originally, I didn't think anything was going to happen. You know, I nearly felt as though I was going to post it on social media. I was going to send it to a couple of TDs and it was almost going to be like a token. Do you know, it was going to be one of those things where it was going to be like, oh, you're going to post this. You're going to see a little bit of a response from the people who already follow you. They're going to say, that's really, really good. And then you're going to feel a little bit better about yourself when the gyms do inevitably close. But that's not what happened at all. Um, so I posted it on Friday evening um, and instantly my phone blew up. I posted it. I had a single check-in to do. So about 10, 12 minutes afterwards, I looked at my phone and it was just like, it already accumulated like a thousand likes. It just said it sent to like a couple of hundred people. Oh, it was just like, it just exploded instantly. Um, so I'd already sent it to a couple of stations and a couple of uh, news reporters and a couple of TDs around the area. I'd already been getting a couple of responses from local TDs. And funny enough, I got a response from like maybe one or two out of the 10 or 12 that they said that they're locally you now, um, which was kind of upsetting. But then eventually it kind of, I was lucky that other people started sending it to their TDs, so it didn't even matter who replied to me. But um, I, it just went nuts. And about an hour after sending it, I got a phone call from News Talk. And they were just like, here, we want to interview you. I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? Um, now, bear in mind, like I, I, I would say, is that I'm not posting these letters with like a smile on my face. I wasn't posting the letters with like this kind of like green, like, man, I'm not going to, and I wrote that letter and I posted the thing that I wrote underneath it where I was talking about like this industry has given me everything. Man, I fucking bawled my eyes out. Mm. you know because like it's 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 something i care so deeply about you know and i'm very very lucky that like man i wasn't academic in school like fucking kicked out of school i was fucking you know i was i was a bit of a dope if i'm perfectly honest with you do you know that kind of way and i was very very lucky to find academia in a sense like my own kind of approach to academia after i left school you know and it's when i got into personal training i was like holy shit there's so much i can do here i originally wanted to be a teacher and like during the leave and started wanted to be a teacher Everything I wanted to do, I was like, yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm going to be a teacher. And I was still super into fitness at that point. And then eventually it turned around and I was kind of coaching. I was still coaching quite heavily in martial arts. But anyway, things went south a couple of days before the leaving. So we'll leave it at that. And I ended up doing very, very bad. And I was very, very lucky that this industry kind of just picked me up out of a deep hole, man, like a deep, deep hole. And over the past 10 years, I'm very, very lucky to build a career that rotates around this industry. And one that I've built quite a reputable reputation in, if you will. And um, I just... I wrote the letter because I felt like I owed the industry at least that, you know, I, I it given me everything. It given me the love of my life, you know, it had given me a career, it had given me a position, it had given me opportunities. And I just said, you know what, you need to do something, you know, just do something. And I was like, right, let's get into it. So I collated all the research together. There's like, there's like 20 years worth of research or something like that in that letter. Um, and I read it all. I paid to look at some of the journals because you can't look at some journals unless you've paid for them. So I spent like the whole way through Wednesday day, Wednesday day, slept maybe two or three hours on Wednesday night, woke up again Thursday morning, started doing it again. Same thing on Friday. Um, so eventually finished the letter. I was like going through all the research, getting all the cited articles, doing everything I could to kind of put it all together. Um, and then from there, posted that on Friday and it just went nuts. And uh, I was very lucky that since then, um, it's, it's gotten quite a lot of traction, you know, traction that hasn't really probably amounted to anything just yet, but... I think that, as I said, but I kept saying, and the only way I could kind of describe it is that we were making noise, you know, and whether you know that you solve anything, if you're waking up in the morning and you hear something making noise outside your window, you don't necessarily stop it making noise, but you know it's there. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where my goal kind of orientated. I kind of knew quite soon after I posted that the likelihood is they're not going to go, wow, this letter was amazing. We're scrapping the whole thing. 
gym's going to open. Like, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. Do you know that kind of way? Like, it wasn't about that. But I just wanted them to know that there was a lot of people who wanted this to happen. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Like, with, like, you think it's a great point, fucking, I think the love the put you mentioned there about kind of, with yourself, how it kind of pulled you out of that kind of hole you're talking about there, I suppose, like, one of the big reasons why, you know, we, like everyone's kind of vouching for gyms to reopen and be seen as essential is from the mental health point of view and yeah, you you touched on that so well within you know within the letter itself and yeah. like I suppose like obviously like I feel like that's like, again we can't really say one point is more important than another but I think that is the real stick out point like yeah. with everything going on right now when you tell you know entire country you know you can see you can see one person outside legally if you see if you're hanging out with like two of your mates that is like that's not you can't really do that now when you go and tell people like stay at fucking home your granny or granddad you can't really see them unless like behind like a window or a screen or with a mask on you know it fucks people in their head that kind of way and Big those when you take again like it's same like everyone has their own thing but when you take that kind of that place like that like the gym as much as a place to obviously develop muscle to kind of get stronger kind of whatever your goals are it is that place to kind of, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, whatever it is, yeah. it is that outlet. And it's, it's just when you remove another thing of ours that kind of helps us cope with anything mentally, it's kind of like, right, this just makes the situation a hell of a lot fucking tougher on us. Do you know what I'm going to man. And it's, I just wanted them to see what they're potentially getting wrong. Do you know that kind of way? And I was like, I can't, I can't just go and tell them that they're getting it wrong. I need to show them that they're getting it wrong, That's you know? It. So I went through all the research, like, and, and things I found out while I was doing it, like, that I didn't know, you know? Like, it takes, it takes about a year to register a suicide in Ireland. Hmm. So but when the person dies, and I mean, it's horrific, obviously, it takes about a year for them to be on a database where you can then pull that back and reference it back. So there's no way that we're really going to ever know what the suicide rates were throughout this pandemic until about a year later. Yeah. You know, and that, that kind of hurt me. Do you know what I mean? That was kind of sad. I was like, well, that's really difficult. So I was like, okay, because that was one of the one things I wanted to pull up. Because, man, anecdotally, I've heard of so many people who've just who decided that it's just it's too much for them now. Do you know that kind of way? And I've heard some stories from people who have been working on ambulance services and stuff like that. And just saying multiple suicides that week and stuff like that. And it's just horrific to think about. Do you know that kind of way? And now, the big thing as well, before I get into this, I, I think I'll do this before it's on the top of my head. I don't know where anyone's seen the journal article that came out yesterday. It was um, basically the title of the article was something like, the gym is great, but please don't insult us by touting it as the cure for mental illness. Nobody is saying that the gym is the cure for mental illness. Please get that out of your head. If you think that we're saying that the gym is the cure for mental illness, you have gotten us all wrong. We are saying that the benefits that the gym training and exercise has on people with mental health issues or people in general, because everyone has mental health. You don't just have mental health if you've been told you have something up with your mental health. Everyone has mental health. But the benefits that having an active exercise regime has on your mental health is likely one of the most important factors going into this thing. And that's where we need to relay that back to the potential, excuse me, <coughs> eligibility of a gym to be essential. And that's what we need to realize. Nobody is saying that it's the cure for mental health. Um, that journal article just really annoyed me yesterday, but that's just what I wanted to say. And I think the mental health thing is what grabbed people so heavily and so hard because everyone resonated with it. Yeah. You know, because not everyone is going to the gym to get jacked, you know, that kind of way. And some people then kind of argue the point that it's like, oh, well, if I can't play football or if I can't go to my martial arts club or if I can't go to my dance hall, then you shouldn't be able to go to the gym. On first glance, that sounds like, oh, shit, I have no argument towards that. You know, it's like, well, I get it. But 
if you had the opportunity to use a leisure center, to use a fitness facility, everybody has something. The GAA players who don't, who don't hit that elite level, they have something that they can go and do to manage their game, to manage their fitness, to manage their CV work. They get the chance to go and improve. The dancers who can't get a chance to go and dance in a dance hall with all their friends that they would normally get to have a chance to at least work on their aerobic base or their strength or even go and find a space in the gym and do a bit of dancing. From there, then you have the martial artists who, again, can't do one-to-one, hand-to-hand combat, can't do rolling if you're a judist or whatever like that. And sorry, if you're doing jujitsu. And then with that, you have this opportunity to go and improve your game there. It's an omnipresent place where everyone can benefit from. Yeah. You know, and that's my main point is that it's not that the gym is better than this or the gym is more important than this or the gym is more important than the guy or the gym is more important than the martial arts. It's that everyone has an opportunity to have an outlet. Yeah. It's... We all need something. We can't all be pushed into a martial arts club. You know, I haven't done martial arts in fucking nearly 10 years. You know, that kind of way, like I haven't, like I haven't, I've never danced before. I fucking, I've got a mean two-step, but I'm not, I'm not, in a, I'm, not in a, I'm not in a dance club. Do you know what I kind of mean? But everyone has an opportunity to have an outlet if they kept the gyms and the fitness leisure centers open. And then the statistics that we currently have don't show any considerable outbreaks coming from gyms. Yeah. You know, and that's the big thing, you know, because as I said, I wouldn't have written the letter if there was no evidence to suggest that they're safe. But there is. That's the big that's one. Yeah. That's the big one. It's like when you look at, when you actually look, like we, I think, I don't know if we mentioned this before or during the recording, it was a case of like, Obviously, contact tracing very messy right now with everything going on and all that. But we we know that like there's there's fucking nothing coming. There's, there's very little coming from gyms. If yeah. like nothing, in obviously my opinion, obviously a lot of other people's opinion, kind of I think was kind of general consensus to validate shutting down gyms because of it. John, like what you mentioned there, in a case of you know yes, you, you stick me and you in a fucking dance studio, you know. You've got a mean two-step. I've got fucking nothing. You know, what am I going to do there? You stick, exactly. you stick a dancer in a fucking jiu-jitsu club. No one's going to have them there. When you have that gym, like you have, you have space, you know, you have, you have things going yeah. on there. You have, I'm saying this the whole time now. Gyms have been social distancing before it was a fucking thing. No one, yeah. you know, unless you're your mates, no one's up there fucking hugging, doing this. No, no. spot, cool. But it's, it's, they're distancing, they're clean and shit now. But even, even now with, obviously, since obviously COVID became a thing to look into, you know, I've, like it was good beforehand. But like now it's kind of like, oh shit, people, people in the gym, they kind of, they recognize this is like, this is our place. We need to stay open. Yeah. And the measure people themselves are going through, like the lads who are walking through who wouldn't really kind of clean their shit afterwards, you know, they are now meticulously like fucking leaving their kit fucking spotless. Um, they're going nowhere near each other. So people wear masks and people not wearing masks, you know, it's, it's being, it's being fucking met. And I suppose when you look from, from the outsider's point of view looking in and it's a case of, you know, again, you, when you look at, when you look at like, if you see a big lad in the gym, you know, and you're not very much a gym goer yourself, you know, your immediate thoughts are like, you're not going to think, you're not going to kind of see the side we're talking about right now. Yeah. But when you, when you kind of, when you kind of like the, what the letter we brought up was like, listen, we can tell you that gyms is open, but here's why, do you yeah. know, you, you, you hope that fucking, that will bring some kind of light to actually, do you know what, let's actually revisit this because the right situation is there's no real reason for them to be closed. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's funny. Like, you, like even me, like, I'm a perfect example of somebody who, if you were to just watch, if someone was to just show you a video of me training, I'm like, this guy is a dick. <laughs> like, listen to how loud he's shouting. What a <laughs> Fuck this guy, you know? But, like, it's not about that, man. Like, like I, people think, like, people try and think, like, even for me, right? So, everyone asks me, like, why do I love bodybuilding? And I don't love bodybuilding because of the way it makes me look. I love bodybuilding because of the way it makes me feel. 
you know, and that's like that I think is the biggest difference between like what we're often kind of being perceived as by the general public, which I feel as though the general argument that's coming from a lot of people is coming from people who don't understand, you know, and I get it and I totally understand. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, you <laughs> you don't even bench 225, bro. You know? <laughs> it's not like one of those things where I'm like, you don't, you're not strong enough to understand. Like, it's like they're not involved enough with the culture of a gym and they're not aware enough of the measures that are going on, you know, and you can often hear it in the, you know, you'll often have this thing, oh, just you can go and do a run or you can go and do squats in your bedroom or you can go and like these kind of like what seemingly are black and white obvious points, they don't actually resonate when you understand what we're arguing for. You know, we're not arguing so that fucking Billy Bob can go in and squat six plates. That's not what we're arguing for. You know, we're arguing for an outlet and I'm not arguing for gyms to stay open. I'm arguing for them to be deemed essential businesses so they don't have to close. And it might, it might seem like a silly point, but what I mean is that with all this kind of like rebellion that seems to be going on with the gym owners, which I kind of understand, and I guess you could say I back in another sense because I guess I am fighting that. Like, I'm not actively going and saying, like, all these gyms should stay open and I'm, I'm sharing it all the time because I've been very lucky to take a political stance on this in the sense that I sent a politically politely written letter and I've gotten quite a lot of correspondence from it, you know, that kind of way. My point is that my argument is that gyms should be deemed essential relative to everything else that is deemed essential right now. So, like, we essentially, when you look at an essential business, the idea behind it is that the the validation of it is that it's, it is important enough to the general population in terms of what they need, what they want and what they have to do that they run the relative risk. I think that's a kind of yeah. a way better, I suppose, without kind of going into the only, the kind of nitty gritty of it all. For example, the supermarket, everyone needs food. Everyone needs to eat. Everyone needs to go and get the things that they need on a day-to-day basis. Therefore the supermarket, despite the fact that it brings hundreds of different families together is open. Yeah. The schools, Children need their education. I personally think the schools should stay open and I understand it. However, we need to stop relaying all this information back that the schools are not having any kind of impact. In reality, they must be, you know, and I understand that, but that's that's, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm not here to speak about the schools. Then we have things that don't really feel as though they should be essential, yet they are. Off-licenses. I will never truly understand why the off-licenses are essential. If you want to turn around and say, oh, well, we all need to have a drink during this because it's hard. Go to Dunn's, they sell drink. There's no reason that the off-licenses should be open. And this begins to make me think about who is pumping money into what and why are they getting the return on that that they are. Mm. You know, and that's where you then I think you can be able to kind of relay the GA back to it all. And my point is that, okay, open the gyms. Yes, it runs relative risk. But in my opinion, based on the sanitation procedures that are in place, based on the contact, I don't know any of what they what they're doing in Westwood. Every single person who walks in the south side scans in immediately. If you don't scan in, you don't, you're not allowed in the gym. Your name pops up. You're put into a software. Everything about you comes up on a screen. Then you know exactly when that person came in because we use block sessions and we know exactly when that person left. Yeah. We, can go through the, we can go through the CCTV. We can find exactly where this person was. We can find out who they touched, what they touched, how close they were to somebody. And we can let the HSE know if by some view they came back to us and said, this person has COVID. We need to get this sorted, which they haven't. I don't know about you and Westwood. We haven't had a single person come back or anyone. I haven't heard of anyone in the gym mm. have could, could say, oh, one of our members, like, I haven't heard one person. Yeah. You know, and that in of itself, if this was a cause of outbreaks, given the fact that I've been doing this 10 years, I know every gym owner in Dublin, is at this point, probably mo- I've probably experienced conversations since Friday with every single gym owner in the country, I'd say at some point or another. Not one of them has told me of a case. Mm. You know, and I just think that you can't turn around to us and say 
that there is outbreaks coming from gyms, like Enfit seemed to say the other day, when there doesn't seem to be any statistics behind it. Like, why? I can't, I can't really, it all seems very convenient. You know, I know there's outbreaks. It's like it's a buzzword. You know, yeah. that kind of way. It's like, uh, oh, uh, outbreaks. You know, like at the end of the day, if you had the good and the public health of the people in the goodness of your hearts, like if you were truly working off, you, you had a national public health emergency team, public health, you would close the off licenses. You know, that kind of way you would because they can go to the shop and get a drink if they really want it. They can go to, they, they, they can go to Dunn's, they can go to Tesco, they're all still open, you know, and what we say to ourselves is, okay, what are the relative risks of opening a gym? Let's be realistic. We can't just fight the same side. I don't know if you've ever heard the saying that the best way to argue your point is to understand the opposing side better than they yeah. do. Yeah. And I do. I do understand the opposing point better than they do. Their point is what it seems to be coming out as now. It's not really about the statistics of the cases. It's seemingly that the argument that they're making is that it brings multiple households together and it's a gathering. That's what it seemingly tends to be. And I totally understand that. The whole idea of deeming something essential is that you run that relative risk with the stats that we're seeing. If anything, if you want to run the relative risk of versus community transmission from the shops, from the schools, and from the gyms, the gym is the safest place out of those three places. You don't go into a Duns and everything you touch, you sanitize as you go. Yeah. You don't go into a Duns and literally step two meters back from everyone. Like You don't do that. In a gym, you sanitize everything before and after you use it. You keep your distance from people. Anyone who gets too close to you, I've actually asked people to step back. I don't know about you coaching one-to-one, but when I've been doing a bit of coaching one-to-one, I'm back. I'm stepping away yeah. from you. You know, you go into a Duns and there's a plexiglass screen in front of you and the cashier. You know, that kind of way. Like, in reality, if this thing is so sparse and it's kind of like, it's, again, I don't know too much about it. I don't think anyone really seems to know so much about it, you know? It just seems as though we're running the relative risk. And I just think that when you put the potential benefits and the potential implications that you have of closing these gyms, which I don't think we're going to know until another couple of weeks, you know, they're closed since yesterday. I don't think we're going to really understand just how damaging this is for an awful lot of people. Yeah. And my argument is that by closing the gyms, you're putting more pressure on the health service. And, and that, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. And that's my point on it all, is that if you think about it logically, and you think about it in terms of how many people are going to suffer, I personally feel you're going to put more pressure on the health service. And I've had people who are frontline workers. It's not like this is a one-sided argument. You know, it's not like, again, it's two sides. And there's a lot of people making very valid points on the opposing side, you know, and I understand their points. You know, it's like, we can't have this open. Like, and a lot of people are like, one of the big ones, I'm sure you've seen it an awful lot. It's like most mental health services that are already, they can normally running, can't run. So why should the gyms open? You've literally answered your own question. Yeah. that's why I know that you can't go and speak to a psychiatrist one-to-one I know that you can't go and do CBT therapy as normally as you would be based off the fact that it's close proximity to people I understand that and I personally think that again there should be allowances made they're health services but they're not being made but give people something you know the most highly rated antidepressive activity that you can do to manage your mental health, as proved by Mental Health Ireland in the survey they done in 2019, pardon me, it could be 2018, don't quote me directly on that, it's in the letter, is exercise. The second one is community and communication. And the third one is nutrition. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you know, like, the three biggest things and co-factors that we have with going to the gym. Again, community is probably the one that jumps out. It's like, no, we can't have that. At the end of the day, like, you're distancing people socially. Like, that's the definition of what you're doing to people. And if you can kind of bring them together in some kind of social situation, you know, again, like in, like in, a, like in a shop, like if you've gone into a shop recently, nobody looks at anyone. It's nobody depressing. Even, it's fucking awful. No depressing. It's like living in, did you ever see 1984? Did you ever watch 1984? With no. George Orwell? Did you ever read the book even? No. 
it's like that man it's like everyone is just kind of like going about their day in this kind of like almost um like regulated fashion where it's like, okay can't look at anyone can't speak to anyone I have to keep my mask on keep my eyes there. it's proper depressing you know man i go to the gym and it feels like nothing is going on outside everyone keeps a distance and again you have this kind of thing where everyone's washing shit down and everyone's doing their thing but it just feels right you know it just feels like oh thank fuck do you know that kind of way like and i'm able to speak to people i'm able to help people i'm able to go and have conversations with people i don't i don't remember the last time up until last week i had a conversation about all this going on in the gym but everywhere yeah. else you go the first thing that someone says to you huh corona i'm like yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, like it's, and, and there's nothing else to talk about because like it's just it's so it rules over everything we do, and that's my point with it all is that this thing is already taken away so much. Why aren't you doing your best to let it keep something? Yeah. You know, like something. And I and again, I can't I can't say I don't understand the points being made on the opposing side, where it's like we need to stop people gathering. You know, but again, the argument for us and the argument on our side is the fitness industry is that the implications to mental and physical well-being that are going to be seen from not being able to go to the gym are going to be more detrimental than keeping them open. Yeah. And at the end of the day, let's say, you know, again, this is like, it's not like, well, we told you so kind of situation that you can kind of go. If the gyms are to stay open and the cases were to continue to rise in an upward trend significantly, then close the gyms and nobody will argue with you. Again, I understand it's like, well, we can't just let cases go up and then shut them down. It's not like a, it's not like a wait and see kind of situation. I understand that it's a lot, it's a lot easier said than done than that, you know, but like, like they, they probably have more backing and more firepower by allowing the gyms to open from their argument. If they truly believe that there's outbreaks coming from the gyms, then they'll continue. That's it. Like, you know? with, with, the, with all the evidence, it's like we can only, decisions can only be based off, you know, like, because at the end of the day, like, yeah, like COVID-19 in Ireland, like, obviously it's been a thing, obviously originally, I'm not getting me wrong, like, towards the end of 2019, but yeah. it was, yeah, it was like, obviously started like towards like October, November, don't even yeah. but I think, it, Ireland, I think we had our first case at the start of February. Yeah, start of February. I remember precisely being in the gym with clients and there's like TVs in our cardio section. Yeah. And we like, see that? And they're like, yeah, hopefully it doesn't do anything bigger than this. Yeah. Here we fucking are. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, we can only go, we can only base what we do now off this like it's again, it's only been like what fucking eight months, Jack. It's still yeah. been a relatively short time, so we can only like again, like obviously that that, that is the hardship of making that we only go off it based off a really small time frame of what we have seen, but based off what we have seen with like you know where cases are coming from and where the outbreaks are coming from, you know we can very much see that like yes, okay, trying to keep massive gatherings like small great but then when you weigh up again like you said here like from a mental health point of view you know exercise community and nutrition yeah. three things gyms gyms bring together you can't fucking speak you know yeah. when you apply that with just the measures being brought into it, it's kind of like you can't really like have in my mind a valid argument to these have to be close when you weigh everything up it's a case of it's gonna be a lot better off leaving these open continue as they are put some extra restrictions in go for it yeah leave that's what i open. think that's what yeah. i think you know, and that's what people don't seem to realize. It's not like we just want them. I think a lot of people seem to think that like the gyms are just operating without anything going on. Oh, but again, that? those arguments are coming from people who haven't who never walked into a gym. You know, I'm having arguments with people who literally never entered a gym before. And the thing is, I understand people are upset because of things that they love to do that we consider we consider a gym and training an outlet for ourselves. There's things that people love to do as an outlet they can't do. So I think a lot of the arguments that we have coming at us in relation to what we're trying to fight for are coming from people not being able to do what they have to do, not having enough argument to back it up with evidence, and then then being frustrated that we're arguing for our thing. And I totally understand that. You know, I do. I really do get it. I totally understand that people 
want to do what they love to do more than anything in the world. You know, but oftentimes there's not enough evidential backing to fight for it. Do you know that kind of way? Like if you go and you love, I don't know, fucking, well, what's something that just brings people together, like just by nature, do you know, like things in martial arts clubs, you know, and jujitsu and things like that. Like it's a lot harder to back up being able to do that, you know, because it's it's contact by nature, do you know, that kind of way. Um, and the things like, and I feel so bad for people like, like hair salons and nail technicians and lash technicians and stuff like that, who only really have the basis of mental health, do you know, that kind of way and appearance to go off. You know, but again, they're also, could they be deemed essential to those people? Yeah, you know, and that's why we need to realize that I'm trying really hard that when people disagree with my argument, I need to put myself in their shoes. You know, I need to understand that they either A, don't understand it, or they've been so directly hurt by this relative to what they love to do, relative to their business, relative to what they have and what they hold so dear to them, that it's, it's, it's directing their argument, do you know, that kind of way. And I think being able to do that and being able to remain kind of almost stay, stay outside of yourself when somebody argues back with you is a really, really powerful thing. And anyone who is getting frustrated with people who are arguing the opposing side and seemingly it's like they're making no sense because you know how important training is, you have to understand that they're coming from a place of frustration, you know, and they're coming from a place of like hurt. And like, and there's not one person going around going, level five, let's go. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's not one person going around doing that. You know, some people agree that it should happen. Some people are on the very far end of that. I and mean, like the protests yesterday where you have people in town saying, no, we don't want lockdown. And uh, Leo Varag is a dick. Do you know, it's that kind of thing. When in reality, like they don't, like there's not this tyrannical kind of addicted thing behind the government decisions. You know, nobody is out here saying we're trying to take over the country. You know, we're wearing people wearing masks because we're trying to control their brains. Like, like nobody, you have to understand why would all of the government leaders truly come together to try and plan this? You know, like at the end of the day, man, just they put a bit of a thinking cap on you. It's likely not the case. We all have totally different ideals around all this. Like it's just doesn't make any sense. But going back to the point at hand, so I went off on a bit of a tangent there. Where was I? Um, yeah, nobody wants this lockdown. You know, nobody wants it. No one. The government don't want it to be in lockdown. You know, that kind of way, they don't. And what we need to understand is that everyone is hurt by this. And regardless of what anyone thinks about you and your fight and your appeal or our appeal, so to speak, you're always going to have somebody who thinks that you're wrong, you know, and who thinks that you shouldn't be fighting for that or pay attention to things that your argument isn't worth fighting for. But you have to remember everyone is coming from hurt and everyone has been affected by this, man. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. I think if you can resonate back in your own head and you can say, right, everyone in the country is really, really hurt right now. You know, that kind of way. Everyone is. Everyone is. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how little money you have. I don't care how much awareness you have. I don't care if you don't have a phone. If you do have a phone, everyone feels this. You know, and I think if you can try your best to relay all that back in your own head, you can kind of start to sympathize with everyone. You know, like I sympathize with the anti-lockdown protesters. You know, I do. I sympathize with them because I'm like, I, I can understand why they're so angry. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. I sympathize with the people who don't want to wear a mask. I think they're wrong. You know, at the end of the day, man, I, 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 I've looked into the mask thing myself. I have my own opinion on it, but my, the way my head works is that if wearing a mask makes other people feel more comfortable, yeah. then I'll wear a mask. Do you know that kind of way? That's the way I look at it. You know that kind of way? I'm just like, if it makes other people feel more comfortable as I'm walking around, yeah, no hassle at all. Do you know that kind of way? I'm, I'm happy enough to wear a mask. But like, Nobody wants this to happen and everyone needs to kind of stop the divide, you know, and people who are coming, like I've had some fucking harsh messages thrown at me, man, like harsh messages. Like I've had messages like, who the fuck do you think you are arguing for gyms when I can't X, Y, and Z, I won't go with anyone's details. And some people have really sad stories to tell me about their own businesses. And I went and I, went, I go, I go, will you read the letter again? And I said, notice that I'm not a gym owner. I'm not doing this for monetary gain. 
and I'm not, man. I'm not like I don't do it because I want to make money. Like at the end of the day, we were we were predominantly online. And I don't know about you, but last lockdown, I got busier than I ever was. Yeah, you know that kind of way. If I'm perfectly honest with you, and it's not about the monetary gain for me, and it's more so about the fact that this industry has done so much for me. You know, it's, in fact, man, it's done everything. It's everything I am. You know that kind of way. Like, everywhere I go, I'm I'm Ross Byrne, the coach. Do you know that kind of way? And I identify with that in a, in a sense. Now I'm Ross Byrne, the person as well. Do you know? And you know, I'm Ross Byrne, the person when I sit in my room and I cry about the gym's closed, and I cry about the people who are going to be hurt, and I cry about the fact that I can't see my girlfriend as much, or all these different things that do happen. Like we're all human. Do you know that kind of way? But we're all hurting, man. And I don't I don't write the letter for monetary gain. It's one of the reasons why I don't mention business in the letter. Not once do I mention the loss of business besides the fact I do mention that I, that I, I feel sad for the people who I know who own gyms who are going to lose business. Like I'm going to quote the letter here. So where is it? Um, do, 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 do. There we go. There we go. So, yeah. so isolation, lack of human contact, financial difficulties, loss of jobs, loss of businesses, sedentary behavior and loneliness, fear of the unknown. Just some of the accompanying issues that run parallel with COVID-19 restrictions. And then I'm going to go into the nature by which data is collected around suicides. But these are the things that everyone is dealing with. You know, I didn't say these are the things that run parallel with gym owners and gym goers. You know, I didn't write this letter, like knowing that everyone else is suffering and like, fuck you guys. You know, it's for everyone, you know, because people who don't go to a gym can benefit from one. You know, now I do personally think that if they are going to bring in the gyms opening, which I, I don't know, I think at this point, I just don't know if I'm honest with you. I really don't know. Um, I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to have all gyms not take on any new members. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to bring in more stringent restrictions, cap the amount of people within the building based off the size of the building. And um, like I know in Southside, we have a cap on the amount of people that can book in for a session at any one time. Um, and I think that's going to have to come in around all gyms for this to work because they need to be able to control yeah. the population that's coming in at any one time. Everyone will need to use block sessions if it's going to happen. I think we'll have to wear masks in the gym. Um, and, People need to put up or shut up when it comes to what they're going to tell us to do. You know, like I'm not saying that like, oh, we can only have a gym if we only have one person in, it. in there. In that sense, you're like, yeah, you know what? If we're going to leave it, it's fine. Do you know that kind of way? But if they do tell us like we can do this, but we need to put things in place and like to manage it, people need to try and listen to them and stop fucking hate telling the government how shit they are. Like, just, yeah, that's it, doing. It, it's driving me nuts, man. Like you go and do it. You know that kind of way. And Michal Martin, not a big fan. You know that kind of way. Stephen mm. Donnelly didn't really reply. To it. Left me on, basically left me on scene. Uh, <laughs> you know, not a big fan. But yeah. I, man, I don't. I feel bad for these dudes, and they have to yeah. win. And they have to make the decisions that rule over seven million people. That's not only one of the hardest things to do, but it's also the biggest problem that people face. Like you have to have a certain degree of sympathy with these people. Like I, again, I, maybe it's just the person that I am that I feel bad for them having to make these decisions that directly affect me in a negative light. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm out of the job. Poor dude, yeah. <laughs> having, to, having to tell me I have no job. <laughs> God, you know, and it's just like, I just think everyone needs to try and have an air of awareness, you know, like I, kind of take yourself out of your own body a little bit, you know. Don't be afraid to be angry because I'm angry. I'm angry at the restrictions. I don't agree we should be in lockdown, you know, and that's, that's just to be all I'm not going to march in the street about it, you know, that kind of way. But again, you have to remember that all of our decisions and all of our thought processes are related to the values that we hold as well. You know, that kind of way. So if you're somebody who holds training to such a high value, when they take that away from you, you're going to go for the low-hanging fruit that supports your idea, you know? And that's that, he's a prick. <laughs> you know, that kind of way. That's what you're going to grab because everyone else is grabbing it, you know, that kind of way. And I think if you kind of think long and hard about it as best as you can, you can kind of separate yourself from that a little bit. Like, I'm angry at these dudes. And I think when I get, when I get really upset about the idea, and prior to lockdown, 
like I was like, look at these fucking assholes making 200k a year and they're putting everyone else on unemployment benefits and all these different stuff. And I had those ideas and I still do at times, you know, when I get really upset about it, or I see somebody who I know is going to suffer without the gym. I get really angry, you know, that kind of way. I see somebody who's going to really suffer without their businesses. I do get angry, but then I think it's, it's, it's good to go check yourself sometimes so you don't get so wrapped up in that negativity. You know, when I say these things, I'm not telling that I'm not saying that everyone should change their mindset towards politicians and think that they're legends because they're not, you know, that kind of way, but they, they are human. You know, yeah. they, are, they are, they are human people. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're lads who like, you have to like, what do you think Michal Martin just like cuddles up in his bed at night? Not like not being able to sleep, you know, like of course he's not, he's probably fucking lying awake every night and they're probably balanced, mm. you know, that kind of way. And I think trying to just gather that human nature in people right now is just a means of avoiding too much divide, you know, because I, what's going to happen man, is because like the, the big problem that's gone on was with these restrictions that seemingly happened like all the TDs have got in touch with me directly and it's a shitload yeah. a shitload like up like nearly 100 and it's they've all told me that some of them agreed with me some of them didn't they've all told me that the big issue for them isn't the gyms the big issue for them is that they haven't been given any evidential basis as to why these restrictions have come in it hasn't been debated they were given recommendations by Neffet and they just went for it I think that's no, that's a very. I think that's a very that's a watered down version of what happened, so to speak. But that's seemingly what's happened, and that's seemingly how they're kind of trying to argue our point. And somewhere within that comes the closure of gyms, and that's the only real way I think that we can look at this potentially getting overturned is if they have this debate and they realize that they've made a mistake. Yeah, you know. I don't think that we're going to have this uproar and this systematic change in policy like we had in Liverpool. And that's not because we're not capable of it. It's because the system and the architecture of the political system in this country is so different. You have to remember, they have localized government in the UK. So they have local government and they essentially had 75% of gyms in the Merseyside area, you know, is a lot less gyms than getting the entirety of the country to stand up against it. You know, it's a lot harder to do that. Like when you have one, like imagine it was just Dublin that were told to close their gyms. I think then you would have had the gyms just stay open. Yeah. You have the entirety of the country. I don't know how many gyms are in Ireland in total. I don't know if anyone has that number. Um, be interesting to figure out what that is. But anyway, it's very, very difficult to think about all of those gyms staying open unanimously as one. You know, it's a lot more difficult to think about that. And our government and the police force now have more powers than the police had over there we can find individuals over here for gathering in a single place. The gym is going to fall under that. So technically anyone who's been walking into any of these gyms that are staying open, they bear in mind, I agree, stay open, do your thing. Do you know what kind of way? If you fight the good fight, in my opinion, um, and they can be fined individually. It's a lot more difficult to go and really push that when the members themselves are financially at risk, do you know? And yeah. that's a lot more difficult. In the UK, they didn't have that individual power, but now the guards do, you know, and, it's more relative to house parties, but it doesn't matter where it is. Do you know, at the end of the day, it's a congregation of people within a single building that hasn't been given the status of essential yet. Yeah. You know, and you have to understand that. We have to put those things, when you get angry at a gym for not staying open and when you get frustrated that your gym isn't standing up, quote unquote, you have to remember it's, it's, it goes deeper than just yes or no. Do you know that kind of way? It go, it's a lot easier said than done. I think of the stress that gym owners are under, man. Do you know? And like, I was even there. Like I had somebody say, I thought because I, I was obviously emailing the Westwood CEO for a while, and uh, somebody was like, "Oh, you should tell him to stay open." I go, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I go, CEO of Westwood just standing outside. We're not going to close, like, uh, do business, man. Like, it's yeah. 
you have to think it's more so like business orientated, you know, and it's just um yeah. it's a difficult thing to think about, man. You know, like the letter the letter made an impact though. Like I suppose it's it's really as good as opportunity as any to kind of go through the stats and the letter now, I suppose, to kind of show you just how much of an impact I had. Because I want people to know how how much they have. Yeah. That's exactly, that was what I was about to ask about kind of stats wise in the letter. Like how like how many people has that reached? Like even from the share, uh, how many people that's you mentioned beforehand, it was like fifty thousand people. Fuck. Yeah. So that's it went mad. It went nuts. Uh, it has fifty thousand reach. Uh, it's re- it's had like twelve thousand direct engagements. Yeah. Um, and like the shares are just incomprehensibly high. Like it's just ridiculous. It's like 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 five or six thousand. Like it's just like it's just nuts. Um, like I received about again. I stopped counting after a couple of hundred, but just based off the rate that they were coming in, I reckon I've easily gotten about. I'd say I've got at least two thousand DMs since Friday. Jesus. Yeah, if not more. Like, if not more. I think I was over-exaggerating it the other day. I think I said five to somebody else. Nah, definitely not five. It's a shitload. It's, a, point, it's still a lot. It's a shitload. It's still a, like, I got to that point earlier on where I was like, oh, do you know when, you're, do you know when your DMs get so high? It just says 99 plus. I feel like, yeah. a, proper, I feel like a proper influence. That happened, within, that happened within five minutes of me posting it. Fuck. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> phone just went off the hook. But I want people to know that that wasn't because of me. Hmm. Like, yeah. everyone. We, man, it was such a cool thing to see, despite the fact that the gym's closed regardless. I think let's look at it from a positive. The whole fitness community, bar a couple, obviously, who do, again, within their own right, didn't agree, which is fine. You know, at the end of the day, man, I got, I got a little bit up in arms of people who didn't agree with us who were involved in the industry, man. But everyone has their own means for making decisions, you know, that kind of way. And I think it's important that we understand that we, I think passion drove me to be upset where people didn't agree with me. But at the end of the day, as I said, bringing the human nature back into it, bringing what people's values are back into it, everyone is going to have a different opinion. But like the, the entirety, for the most part, of the fitness community came together for Friday. It felt very, very cool to be a be part of the driving factor of that. You know, it felt very cool to see like literally thousands of people, like, like literally tens of thousands of people share that letter, you know, and speak about how, what they wanted and tag Stephen Donnelly and tag Leo Varecker and tag me all Martin and everyone just came together in this kind of collective approach to do better, yeah. you know, and it was, it was just so good to see people who genuinely cared about the industry, you know, um, you know, it wasn't a shitload of people who were just like, oh, I love muscles, I'm going to need gym, you know, I'm sure there was a couple of people who were kind of thinking about that and who were kind of a bit more selfish in it, but it seemed as though nobody really had a selfish intention with it all. You know, everyone was like, no, we know how important this is for people, you know, and it was a personal thing as well. Like, there's nobody who shared that letter who didn't know that their mental health is improved by training. Yeah. That speaks for something, man. That says something, you know, that kind of way. And the noise that was made and the impact that was made since Friday is a testament to the community that is built within an industry that people don't even know each other in. You know, everyone shares some values that all align, everyone in the fitness industry shares values that align with each other. And there's very few industries where that happens. It, yeah, you know, we, I think, we, sorry, go on there. Yeah, we all share the value of progression. You know, like we all, we all love to be better in some way you're a CrossFitter, whether you're a gym owner, whether you're a business owner, whether you're an online coach, whether it doesn't matter what you do, we all have values that like, that kind of like, like intertwine, you know, and that builds a community of people who don't know each other, but know each other. You know, yeah. but no, you know, and it's just, it's a, it was a really, really special thing to do, you know, in a kind of way. And I want people to know that despite the result of it, that seemingly isn't going to go away, um, you know, and I, I still live in hope. I still have a lot of hope. Is everyone done incredible? Like, I, I wish I could get back to the fucking thousands of DMs. Like, oh, like yeah, I wish, I wish I could tell every single one of them how amazing they are, you know, and how incredible they are. Like, the people seeing it, the 
people who are addressed in that letter, I have every bit of hope and every bit of faith have seen that letter. Yeah. I have every bit of faith in it. I've got confirmation from Stephen Donnelly's secretary that he has seen it. So I don't know how legit that confirmation is and whether it was just like, here, fucking tell this fellow I've seen it. Yeah. You know, I got acknowledgement of receipt of the letter. Um, so I'm assuming that he, like, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was given a personal touch. Like it wasn't like an automated email or anything like that. Um, and where else it's gone since then, I don't know. Um, I know multiple TDs have seen it. I'm not sure whether I showed you this. Uh, I'll show you, I might show it to you after. Basically a follower of mine got an email back from a TD who they sent their own appeal to. And within the, within the email that the TD sent back, they directly quoted my letter. Oh, no way. <laughs> but just like, without saying it was from the letter, they just like directly plagiarized it. <laughs> I swear to God. I was like, what the fuck? Because someone said back, oh, I got this back from a TD. And they quoted the line that I read back to you. The, yeah. The, the, literally, when you go and you look at the letter, right? Just word for word, like... When you open, when you literally, as soon as you open the letter, when you get down to like the four par- paragraph, they're like, our oh, mental health is a big issue in this country. And in relation to fitness, this is like isolation, lack of human contact, financial difficulties, loss of jobs, loss of businesses, sedentary behavior. And they just changed loneliness to lethargy. Yeah. And then it just went straight across. You know, Jeez. and yeah, it's weird. So like, I know they've seen it. They've seen, yeah, it's, it's been seen. Homie just fucking copied it. Like, yeah. just copied and pasted it and changed one of the words. I was like, what the hell? And he was on our side. Look, I felt like, oh, dude, what's wrong material? It's kind of like, kind of like, it's like, I'm happy that you've seen it, but yeah, yeah. But why'd you kind of, yeah. He's gonna get up. He's gonna get up there. He's gonna stab him in the thighs. Like, I've written this letter. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I think, Jim, to stay open. So, yeah, um, exactly. at the end, Ross. Oh uh, shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like, but because I know and I want people to know that their efforts weren't for nothing. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, we didn't get the result that we wanted, and. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I don't know if we're going to get the result. Not this time. I don't know if we're going to get it this time. I don't think people should give up. I don't think people should stop fighting. I don't think people should stop sharing. I don't think people should stop speaking up. I think that if we were to go into a second level five lockdown, which personally, and I hate saying that, I think we will. Um, reason being is that I think it's all, it's, it's for all intents and purposes, it's seemingly obvious that this approach has been taken for the sake of Christmas. You know, they want people to have a normal Christmas and willingly enough, that's a pretty valid reason to do it. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be it's going to be a yo-yo game. Like we're going to go open cases, down cases. People are going to have a normal Christmas despite anything. Mm. They're not going to have people that are just sit in their gaff all on Christmas and don't go to the neighbours who are having a bit of a session. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, it's not going to happen. And you know what? I don't blame you. I really don't. Um, and you're going to have that turnaround then, and people are going to congregate, and the cases are going to go back up, and the likelihood is that we're going to go into some degree of restriction again. And I think that what we're fighting for is to know that the impact was made the first time around so that they made the consideration the second time and they protect gyms and they protect businesses. Just each time, sorry, this is kind of each time it does kind of come up, each time it does, because then there there will more than be another fucking lockdown level five, level four, whatever it is. It's a case of each time we go into it though, take into account what we learned beforehand, you know, yes, restrict what needs to be restricted, but from what we learned beforehand from an evidence point of view, like, do what we can to support physical, mental health, that yeah. kind of way. And just like, don't just go blanket lockdown. Everything closes. We, we've, it's like, it's like, you know, we, we've got evidence before and what, what was okay, what didn't work and what, di- what did work and what didn't work and what caused outbreaks, what didn't, you know, let's take that into account for the next one. Yeah. Not just blanketly say, okay, you guys, you're all closed. Yeah. It's classification. The issue is with classification. It's a massive error in judgment. It's the classification of gyms in the same category as pubs, betting shops, and other things you know i personally think it's the classification of the business that caused us to be locked down it's when they wrote down okay what are the businesses that fall into this category they put down 
down shops, they put down pubs, and they put down gyms, and they put down salons. My argument is that gyms shouldn't be within that category. They shouldn't be there, based off the evidence that we provided here. You know, man, it's just, um, it's, it, it feels like a really, it feels like, a, it feels like I'm watching a mistake happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's how it feels. I think that makes it even more sad. Do you know the kind of way it feels like I'm watching something that they've done wrong? You know, like, I don't disagree that pubs should be closed. I don't disagree. Uh, I hate saying it, but I, I, I understand why salons are closed. You know, there's likely just not enough evidence there. You know, I personally think, I understand why they're closed, but I think they should be open. You know, like, I'm kind of one of those people. So anyone who is watching this who's a nail technician or who's a, hair, who's a hairstylist around like that, please don't come at me. You know, I do agree and I feel bad for you and I want your place to be open. But I can only fight the side of the side that I know, you know, and I can only fight the fight of the people who I know are going to benefit, you know, that kind of way. And it's a, it's a hard one, man, because, like, I, I wanted to say in the letter as well, like I said it, I think I said it at the very end, um, and I guess it's kind of a nice way to look at it and say, because I've had a lot of people say that, that this one, this, this line in particular apparently made them cry. Um, Oh. You know, um, where is it? Where is? Jesus, I can't even read my own letter. Yeah, it was. I don't write this letter as a researcher. I don't write this letter as an analyst. I write this letter as a man whose life was saved by training. A man who, despite a less than academic ability, has developed a reputable career within an industry he truly loves. A man who has seen people's lives change through the undertaking of regular visits to the gym over the course of ten years. A man who cares about his friends who will suffer without access to a gym and don't have the means to train at home whose heart bleeds for the independent gym owners that can't serve outside, provide takeaway, but must still pay their overheads. A man who represents the coaches and trainers whose livelihood relies on the simple confines of a gym to help those they serve and provide for themselves and their families. A man who has seen firsthand just how vital gyms truly are to the health and well-being of the people. A man who needs your help. And I think that when you kind of look at things that way and then you pair that with the evidence, there's a lot of people out there who are going to suffer with this you know and we're not going to know about it you know because between self-harm between suicide rates between mental health services we don't have the statistics this early on to know just how much they've gone up i know that the what is it something like someone was telling me a statistic again i don't know how backed in evidence is i think that's something to do with the general mental health service call centers yeah i think it was the reports of people calling those has gone up like a thousand percent like so it's it's something stupid you know and i know during the first lockdown i rang one i rang once or twice I was really, really, I really suffered, mate. Like, I really, really suffered because I guess for me and a personal note, and the reason I guess I have my own kind of battles with the whole thing is I got very, very sick at the end of last year um, and didn't get to, couldn't train. I couldn't train. I couldn't eat. I had to kind of like abandon everything, you know? Yeah. And with that, I left training the door for a while. And it was only when I got back to it, I had this like resurgence in the mental capacity the training gives you, you know, and the mental element and the mental edge that it gives you and the mental release that it gives you. Do you know what I mean? No matter what you have going on, it's so fucking vital. And this is the biggest thing that likely any of us are ever going to have to go through. Um, Arguably, it's the biggest and most difficult challenge of our lives, arguably, you know, and it's something we're never going to forget about. So I just feel as though, for me, with something that seemingly has so much evidence, and I say seemingly because, again, we can't argue what methods say at the end of the day, um, that seemingly has so much evidential backing behind it, why would they close? Yeah. You know, I guess that's my question for everyone and, and anyone who can answer the question, why? Give me a legitimate reason why they should close and try not give me the answer based off, oh, because this place closed. Or don't give me the answer that because this service isn't there. I, will, I, just, I just really want some evidence to show that they should be closed. And if somebody was to give me that evidence, like legitimately give me that evidence, I'd say, dudes, dudettes, we need to do this. I'm sorry, we have to close the gyms down. 
I put my hands up. I'm not going to fight against hard evidence, but we don't have any. And that's 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 my argument, man. And then obviously on the other side of that coin, it's how vital it is for people. You know, it's just it's a tough one, man, because like we have these these elements, and it's 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 difficult. I find it hard not to get teared up thinking about it because I know how many people are going to really need this. You know, some people live in apartment blocks, and you have people who almost feel as though it's okay to say something like "go work out at home" or "go for a run." It's it's really not that black and white. Like it's yeah. not, and I really want people to understand that. And it appears that everyone who's outside of the argument that we have is making that kind of point, you know, and is making that kind of argument and is putting those things in place. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> Legend. Ah, uh, stop! I've had uh, I've had my name be called like four or five times throughout this podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know, it's all good. I just want to uncut podcast. Yeah, exactly. That was my mad way to do it because people are already going to listen to this and actually going to see it, are they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so also for that, you fucking hell, man. <laughs> You're also going to probably notice <laughs> number one. An alarm went off my phone like halfway through, and also yeah. you probably hear Dan Dan very vaguely in the background. <laughs> I don't. The only editing I do for this podcast is a little brief intro. The the really yeah, it makes nice. It, it makes it better, man. The, pers- the, the personal it. touch. The personal touch on it, man. I think that's the whole point of podcast, really, isn't it? The personal element of it all. That's it. I've got man. I've got the personal shit in these podcasts. It's kind of like yeah, it's a nice place to go to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, man, like there's a lot of people who who are on our side, you know, and it's enough people that I don't think they should be ignored. You know, and as I said, like as I said in the letter again, the kind of question we're talking about the letter, the only reason I'm quoting it again. You know, it's not the appeal of one man, but of an entire industry. One that serves as the current number one preventative measure in the physical and mental decline and a direct fight back against the effects of COVID-19. Don't take that away from us. Don't take that away from an already struggling people. You know, and that's my point, is there's evidence to suggest that this shouldn't happen. And the physical one is even a big one. I know we've been talking an awful lot about the mental health, but if you want to go and you want to look up the kind of the top comorbidities of, my, of COVID-19, it's diabetes, it's hypertension, and it's cardiovascular disease. And then the top three things that are improved with having a good aerobic base and resistance training in particular are <laughs> hypertension and blood pressure, cardiovascular risk, and risk of diabetes, yeah. you know, and improve blood and improve blood glucose tolerance. Like, and it's, it's one of those things where it just feels like it's written and it's written in front of you. Don't do this. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? But again, their argument is an incredibly strong one. We can't have people gather in a single building from different yeah. That's and that's and that's the theory of it all. Like if it was an easy argument on our side, they'd fucking do what we asked them to. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. But it's not. The argument is that it's worth trying to limit households being together. And then our point is that we want to run the red and it's, it sounds hard to say because this is essentially what we're asking them to do without people actually saying it too much. We're trying to run the relative risk. We're trying to say that the risk relative to the reward is worth it. You know, and I guess that's kind of the point we're fighting. Now, what I will say is that when I wrote the letter, I was, I was fairly hopeless with it all. I'm more hopeful now that something will be done in the coming months, yes. to be honest with you. And it'll be as a result of all of the people who put the work in for this over the past couple of days. Yeah. It's not, the letter, the letter wasn't anything. Like I, like a lot of people are saying thank you to me and I understand it. You know, I get why they're saying thank you to me and I do really appreciate it and, I understand that I'm not, I'm not like, like negating your thanks. Anyone who has said thank you to me, I've said back to them, I go like, I've given them the same answer. I'm doing it because this industry has done so much for me. You know, and there's another part of me that says nobody else may have done it. You know, I was like, if somebody else doesn't do this, I think I might have to. You know, I think we have an awful habit in this country giving out about something and not doing anything about it. Yeah. You know, and I understand that, but I think this has kind of kicked off something, at least within our own industry. It's like, you can get a pretty good response if you fight for something. 
you know, I think the Liverpool thing really geared people up. Like this letter was posted on Friday. We found out on Saturday. Was it Saturday? We found out on Saturday then that the gyms in Liverpool were allowed to stay open. Yeah. You know, after them just fighting for a week. Now we fought for a week and we've had no avail really. Do you know that kind of way? But yeah. um, it, was a re- it was a good spur on for people. You know, people were very like, oh, wow, holy shit, this is possible. You know, and I think that that happened in the UK is very good for us. You know, they're now protected in the highest tier of restriction. So I think their highest tier is level three. They have three tiers. We have five. It's not like it's not like their tier three is the same as our tier three. Do you know the kind of way? It's the extent by which they're just kind of spread across each other. Um, and now gyms are a protected industry. You know, they're a protected business. And I guess that's kind of our point is we want to protect them. That's it. You know, it's, and that's that's kind of where we're arguing from. That's it. It's it's a case. Of, yeah. It's, it's. I think the UK. I think the UK. What happened in the UK has given everyone here a lot of hope. And even if it doesn't happen today, tomorrow, this yeah. week, next week, like the like we're we're being hurt. Like it's yeah. it's it's it's. it's it's that's that's fairly obvious. We've been heard. We've been acknowledged, you know, by government. Even if nothing's actually been hap- been put into place to keep the kitchens acknowledged as essential services, yeah. you know, something will happen. It may be a few months down the line, but you know, something will happen. And in yeah. case of everything, it's 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 I suppose a key thing to kind of remind everyone is that like the efforts we're putting in now with with the petition, with sharing your letter, with everything we're doing, getting the voices heard, it's not going to go to waste. No, something will happen. So. It's not an echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something, something is more than likely going to come from it. And I yeah. suppose, if there's some piece of advice suppose we give to people now, it's a case of, you know, don't quieten down just because yeah. it hasn't happened. We love that instant gratification. We love that, 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 that instant reward. In the case of, okay, cool. Everything we've done the last week, it's been, there's been noise, there's been the letter, there's been this and that petition, like pushing like 47, 49,000 fucking signatures. It's like, that's not going to waste. That shouldn't go to waste. Like, keep going let's keep the momentum going it may not pay off now but it should the more we do it like the more likely it is to pay off so keep fucking keep doing what we're doing and just yeah, exactly. don't sit down just yet and, it, and it's it's i understand how difficult it is to continue to kind of put up the good fight after a full week you know mm-hmm. i do get that like i understand that like even though i'm just a little bit like oh, fuck's sake at this point like i am yeah. like i really want to get back to giving the content that i give you know mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that i was i was arguing with myself in my head today i was like i haven't put up a single post because i'm so afraid of taking the traction away from that yeah honestly god like i like i i've been posting like stories but from a posting point of view i put something up the other day and i was like i was i was honestly here for like 20 minutes i was in the gym post and i was like shit like should i like is this going to i'm like am i like of course i'm posting content to my followers and like my clients mm-hmm. that way but like is that takeaway from a bigger picture? Fuck what the... It, it's it's like a huge that. amount of... And do people give a shit? Do people yeah. care about anything else right now? And exactly. the is, I, don't, I, I think after a week, yeah, they're starting to, they're, I think the people have started to accept the fact that it doesn't seem as though we're going to get exactly what we want. I'm not saying that to give up. I'm not saying that we won't have what we need and we won't get told that we're saying... I, we could very well have in the next week or so they could turn around and go, you know what? Let's try it. You know, let's do it. We could have that. You know, the way that the debates are going, I don't know if I've seen that. What's around Nihal McNamara? Yeah. Um, I know he's a very, he's a, he's a pretty opinionated guy. Um, people seem to be kind of backing him. He seems to make some pretty valid points. I don't know enough about him to go, go on, Nihal. You know, yeah. I don't know, I don't know yeah. enough about him. I don't know enough, I don't know enough about anything in politics. And I'll, yeah. I'll be like, totally admitted, which I have no fucking idea. I didn't know who anyone was until Friday, you know, that kind of way. And I obviously, when I say that, it's a bit of a gross exaggeration. I mean, my awareness around the political system was, was fairly low, do you know, that kind of way. At the end of the day, I said Simon Coveney was tarnished, you know, and he's not. <laughs> I think it's, 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 it's evident in that. And I personally think that what I would say to that is, although it was quite embarrassing, I got a, couple of, I got a message off some absolute cockhead. He just kept messaging me, like, to being like, oh, well, you fucked up on this. You could have started with this, kept doing it. I just didn't reply to him. Yeah. Um, eventually, I just called him a cock and then blocked him. But 
anyway, that was neither here nor there. But like, I kind of would say to that, like, although it was a stupid mistake, it, it, I, I didn't write it because I'm a politician. I wrote it because I'm a personal trainer. Do you know that kind of way? Right? At the end of the day, that's what I am, and that's what I identify as. I might, I may have transitioned pretty much totally online, but I'm just somebody who understands how valuable all this is. You know, yeah. and I wanted the people to have a voice. I would say to myself that I understand research. I know how to read research. I know how to collate research. I know how to put it together. Um, I'm relatively well written in the sense that I know how to put things together in a kind of a literary sense. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and do it for everyone. You know, it wasn't about me. That wasn't my letter. It's my name at the end of the letter, but this is the fitness industry's letter. Mm-hmm. Like this was the appeal of the fitness industry. Yeah. You know, this was the word. This was the want. This was the... This was me just trying to kind of speak for everyone, you know, in a sense that kind of resonated with at least the people who are on our side. You know, I understand that there's a lot of people out there who don't agree. And I perfectly, I'm not judging you. I don't change the way I look at you. I would never, ever, ever, like some of my best friends who are not into fitness don't agree with me. Hmm. I'm not going to change the way I think about them. Yeah. You know, if we constantly change the way we feel about people based on their opinion on something, we'd have no friends. Do you know that kind of way? Like it's just one of those things. So, because nobody ever perfectly agrees on what you agree with. My point is that I just wanted to do something that everyone could get behind if they agreed with it and just do my bit. I couldn't do nothing. There was something in my heart, man. I was sitting there on Tuesday. I was like, I have to do something. I was like, I have to do something. I was like, what am I actually going to do? What can I do? What can Ross Byrne sitting fucking in my room, my, my, my room, my man's house, what can I actually do? Yeah. Like, what, what can I do to help? So I was like, well, I'm just going to try and write a letter. And it just exploded. Um, and we obviously have, and anyone who is here now, so what you can do now, I'm pretty sure that was one of the questions you want to ask is what can we do now? Yeah. I think what we can do now is live in hope, man. Do you know, I think, I think from a, from a direct fucking action standpoint, we can, we can do all this X, Y, Z, and I'll get to that. But what I just want to say people is like, keep the head up for now, you know, feel like, what can we do now? I suppose it's kind of like a broad sense, but feel how you feel. If you feel really upset, please don't be, taken aback and pushed into this thing where you need to feel positive like stop making it like well we need to think positive we need to have positive thoughts we need to think progressive thoughts bro feel how you feel you know if you want to sit down and have a cry please just have a cry you know if you're a dude if you're a big fucking jacked bodybuilder who now has nowhere to train and you feel like having a good cry have a good cry you know if you feel stressed upset and angry feel stressed upset and angry you know don't don't compartmentalize your feelings right now that's one of the problems i think that got people in the last lockdown we all try to look on the bright side of it you know, and at the end of the day, I'm not telling everyone to feel shit. I'm just saying that if you compartmentalize your feelings for too long, they're going to leak out in little bits and you're going to feel shit more regularly. If you just feel how you feel, let yourself have the emotions that you have. Let yourself like be compassionate with yourself. You know, be compassionate with yourself. This is a really tough time for people. You know, a lot of us coaches, a lot of us trainers, we have little things that we can do. We understand training. A lot of people, I love the gym, but don't have the awareness to really manage their training really well. So if you feel just a little bit shit, you're not alone. You know, speak to somebody, speak to your ma, speak to your dad, speak to your coach, speak to your friend. Please just feel how you feel. That's the one thing I do want to say. Um, and then directly in relation to the letter, you can keep sharing it if you wanted to, you know, um, keep sharing the petition, keep doing the things that you're doing because we can't really do much more than that. Please don't protest. Yeah. Do not protest. Protesting will dilute our argument. The problem with protesting is, yes, you could organize a protest within the fitness industry and you could. You could get everyone to go in, wear masks and socially distance. But unfortunately, you won't have those as the only people who show up. You will have people who are just purely anti-government show up. You'll have people who are anti-mask show up. And you'll have people who are anti-vaccine show up. Again, this is no um, dig at those people, but they're not there because they side with us. They're there because they're against the government. And there's a difference. If you have a protest and you run the risk of that happening, you dilute the argument. 
you know, I've taken a very political approach since the very start of this, and I'll continue to take a political approach. I think it's the only way they're going to listen to you. I think it's evident in the response that I've gotten from people that a political approach seems to be listened to. Um, and what I would say to you is, is continue to sign the petition. Continue to get your friends to sign the petition. If they don't agree with you, please don't argue with them. Just say, yeah, cool, no sweat. You know, and just live in hope, I suppose. Um, live realistically, but live in hope. Do you know that kind of way? I don't think they're going to just going to, you're going to get an emergency broadcast and tell you, Michal's going to go, yo, meatheads go to chest you know it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be that simple unfortunately it's not gonna be that black and white um but understand and be very very proud of yourselves every single one of you is watching this whether it's the fifty thousand people who shared the letter whether it's the 50 or 60 people who love the coach by dan podcast but it's the 600 people who love the coach by dan podcast just be proud of yourselves for what you've done you've really really done yourselves proud you've done the industry proud and if there was if i could sit, if I sit here and call myself any part of the industry, i'd say you've done me proud and i really cannot thank anyone more than I possibly than I can possibly put into words do you know that kind of way like I, I it's not about I wouldn't be thanking you anymore if it went through I'm thanking you for your efforts do you know and just wishing everyone the best of everything and just hoping that everyone fucking keeps their head up keeps their head right and just keep keep fighting but don't stress yourself man do you know yeah like my decision that I've made now personally with it is I'm going to continue to campaign for it but I'm not making my whole life about it and I, I don't want anyone to look at that differently because he's given up because I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep sharing it. I'm going to keep campaigning for it. But at the end of the day, my job isn't a campaigner. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a politician. I'm not the head of the fitness industry. You know, I'm somebody who is appealing to people to help them with their health and fitness goals, to prep them for bodybuilding shows, to prep them for photo shoots. And I need to maintain my, my personality around that, you know, that kind of way. And that needs to be, especially now, I need to kind of transition into helping the people whom I serve. You know, Absolutely. I'm still going to campaign. I'm still going to put a, produce content relevant to what we're all trying to fight for. Please remember that. I'm not going to take that away. But I also need to remember, we all need to remember what our role is now as coaches. If you are somebody who's gone gung-ho into this, you know, which I did, like I, I, I missed check-ins, I missed calls, and I'll be totally honest with you, I was, like, I was getting so wrapped up into it. And I suppose, willingly enough, I was getting thousands of messages every minute. Like I kind of... By nature of what I was doing, I was going to miss some work. You know, yeah. just try and try not to abandon your post for the sake of fighting your corner, if you know what I mean. You know, remember whom you're serving. Remember how much they need you now. Remember that there's now thousands of people that you served by appealing for what they need and what they want. But now you have an opportunity to appeal for them in a way that says, here, I'm here to fight your corner from a health and fitness point of view. We might not be able to get the gyms open right now, but by Jesus, I'm going to make the next six weeks as positive as I can. You know, that kind of way. And I think that's kind of the way we need to look at it now is that if you're somebody who put all this effort into campaigning for my letter, campaigning for Owen's petition, campaigning for Neil's video, and um, anyone who doesn't know who these people are, Owen is the guy who actually started the petition. Um, he's from Elevate Fitness in Black Rock. And then Neil is from New Fitness out in, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I, he's out in the north side somewhere. I think it's Malahide. Um, and he put up the video that went quite viral. He was on the Agent Kennedy show and stuff like that. You know, and being aware of those people and just being... <laughs> Be, continue to be of value put the fight that you put into the letter into helping people you know even if you're somebody who isn't the coach but you know about training imagine if we all collectively came together to provide value like imagine what would happen yeah you know 50,000 people who are involved and are aware in the fitness industry despite your awareness being lower than mine or lower than Dan's or lesser than mine or more than Dan's if we all just produced something that's 50,000 pieces of content for people to benefit from and keep them on the straight and narrow. And that's what I'll say to you. You know, that's what I think we should all do. Am I going to get 50,000 pieces of content reviewed and uh, shared? Probably not. But if you can do something, give value and help people. That's what that's I'll say. It. That's it. Ross, I know we plan on talking about a few other bits, but I 
think I really want to kind of leave it at kind of talk about the letter and all that. Yeah, okay, I, would, I think it's a good idea. I would love to have you back on another podcast to yeah, chat sure. more because I think there's a lot more to talk about. But yeah, for now, I suppose yeah. I kind of, anything yeah. separate to the letter we can have another we can have a different podcast on. Exactly. I purchase for anything science we can talk about another day. Exactly. Yeah, I want to kind of leave it kind of just purely talk about that, and that's this is like I suppose to leave it that kind of there's strength in numbers, and I suppose individually yeah. there's not a huge amount we can do but like we've seen we can get 50,000 people in Ireland or across wherever to sign a petition you know acknowledging what we value you know if we can keep that community aspect and kind of push for the next six plus whatever many weeks it's going to be you know it's going to make everyone's lives that little bit easier and if we can make if you can do something to make someone's life one person's life that little bit easier over the next six weeks then by all means fucking do it yeah exactly that's what I'll say to you is that the likelihood of us getting what we want right now is pretty low so please do your best to make the time for the next six weeks or more, depending on, I hate to be, I hate to be, I hate to be the realistic Ronnie here. Um, make it easy for people as best you can. You know, speak to people, produce content, do what you can to help people. You know, man, I've, got, I've seen people do amazing things. People giving out free programs, people coaching people online for free. Um, I've seen a friend of mine, Nick, is doing free fitness classes off his own back to, twice a week. You know, man, things like that is just so fucking cool. You know, like, anyway, do that kind of thing. Find a way to 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 kind of like to pull your value. Do you know what I mean? Like put yourself in a position of okay, people are suffering. What can I do to help? Exactly. That's what I'm asking us to do now. You know, that, that's what I'll ask you to do. That's it, um, Ross. If anyone else wants to find you, if they have not already or not already following me or following what you do, um, where can they find you on socials and all that fun stuff? So the my main social and predominantly my only social is at Ross Byrne Coach. Um, and you'll find me there and generally my content is orientated around hypertrophy science of hypertrophy and elemental processes around that but as, as of late you'll probably find me uh, holding a banner up <laughs> nah, nah but in reality at Ross Brown Coach is where you'll find me and then my emails if anyone wants to have a chat about literally anything whether it's a coaching inquiry or whether it's just about anything that we talked about today it's Ross Brown Coaching at iCloud.com and they're always open fantastic Ross thank you very much for everything in this podcast I um, really, really enjoyed that. And everyone listening, thank you all for listening again. Um, really appreciate that. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. And as always, I will chat to you all next Friday.